0: Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning.
2: Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) 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 Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? Now, I know we had to get Z to stop clapping during touchdowns, during football games last year, the radio broadcast, but... You're clapping this morning
3: right before this segment, man. You're fired up to be here, aren't you? I learned that from him. In fact, there's been a time or two, and I think there's actually evidence of this from a picture. That Maybe I was one of the ones clapping, too. <laughs> so, uh, I can't say he's the only one who's ever done that.
4: How you guys doing? We're well, and uh, glad you're here. I mean, it's... Four days till football practice starts. He calls it fall camp. I know that's what everybody calls it. It's going to be 93 degrees. But I think there's a lot of anticipation uh, by the coaches. Probably as much as the coaches or the player or versus the players right now just to get going. Just to do something.
3: Well, it felt a little more like fall over the weekend. I don't know what it's going to feel like at the end of the week. Probably not as good as it did then. Yeah, I think they're ready to go. I think they feel like they're going to be good. I think the fans are excited. And, um... You know, it's nice to get to August, which for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, August 1st is kind of the day that, you know, you turn your attention to what's going to be coming up in four or five weeks. And um, I think there's, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of anticipation. I think maybe for the first time in a while, you look at the schedule and you feel like, hey, they got a chance to win all these games. Doesn't mean they're going to. No, But you don't look at any game and say, man, we're going to get slaughtered here. Um, and we've had some games like that. So I think that uh, that adds to it for people because they're going into the season knowing that there's a chance for, for something good to happen.
2: And I, I think a lot of good things are going to happen this season, Chuck. When you think about what Arkansas has coming back, and we kind of opened up the show with it, there are several quarterback battles, not just within the SEC, but your division, you don't have – Really, any question marks about your guy that's suiting up? And when you have a starting quarterback that you have confidence in, that kind of just spreads it to the rest of the team. It's the most
3: important position on the field. I mean, we can talk about other spots. And I'm not saying the other spots aren't important because they are. But the most important spot on the field is quarterback. And I've always thought going into seasons, uh, you know, when people start making predictions about what's going to happen, there are two really important factors. One's the schedule. I think schedule matters, and um, two is the quarterback. And, you know, they're interchangeable. Uh, If you've got a great quarterback, you don't fear any schedule. Um, If you are breaking a new one in, you'd like to be able to play those good teams on your home field. Um, But, you know, you look at Arkansas right now at that spot, and they've got the guy they want. Um, KJ has become what we all heard he was going to be, when he came out of Sardis, Mississippi, uh, when when he was being recruited, we heard all these things about KJ. And I think we've talked about this before, but I admire him because, you know, he came in and sat. He came in and, and, and learned. And then just when it seemed like it was his time, they brought in Felipe Franks. And so he still got a sit, and he stayed, and he didn't leave. And um, I think his teammates respect him. His teammates follow him. Um, There's a difference between being, you know, the quarterback, you know, the leader of the offense, and, and really being the man on a team, really leading the entire team. And I think he's got that persona, and I think he's backed it up with his toughness on the field.
4: And now when he talks, they listen. Now, when he talks, his words matter. I would assume behind those closed doors in that locker room and that quarterback room, and uh, whenever he's around the teammates all summer, that they're looking to him. I would I would presume for for what he has to say next.
3: Oh yeah, I mean he's he's the guy, and that's what you want from a quarterback. You want a guy that um, has a command presence, uh, but you got to have a guy who's done it. You know, you can do all the right things during the week, and you can be the leader in practice, and you can be the guy that that is the first one there and the last one out. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, you don't take that final step until you do it on the field. And he's done that, and he continues to do that, and um, I think he gives them a chance every time they play. He's not the only one that gives them a chance, but... Being good at that spot gives him a
4: chance. Maybe better said is without him, you have, I don't want to say you have no chance, but boy, you start changing quarterbacks, and and I don't want to disrespect Malik Hornsby, but we see what happens to a lot of teams when they lose their starting quarterback.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, anybody that loses their starting quarterback in our leagues in for a tough go. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a reason why the number two guy is the number two guy. And, um, you know, when you've got to go to him, Things are going to drop off. It doesn't mean they won't get better as you go, but there's going to be some yeah. drop off. Ty, what is
2: Malik's role this year, you think? How involved is uh, he in this uh, offense? That's something we have debated and contemplated and gone over and over again. You hope it's 500-plus total yards, for rushing, receiving, doing a variety of things, making defenses worry every time he's out on the field. You hope that's the case. KJ told us at SEC Media Days that he can catch. He was happy to see that he could catch. But I don't want people to over be overzealous on what the expectation is for this year because he's playing a whole different position, Chuck. That's like be asking you, hey, you have to go now, go sell cars for do this. I mean, you have the salesman in you,
3: and people know your name. But I think he's going to be good. Do I think you? he's going to be good wherever they put him. I think he's the wild card. Um, when I think of Malik Hornsby, man, I think of him going down the sidelines in the outback. Um, that's that's the vision that I have of him, and um, I think he's a guy that creates matchup problems. Um, I think he's uh, perfect for a coordinator like Kendall Bryles. And you know, you guys were talking about something earlier, and we we talked about it, and others have as well. That who's the guy he's going to develop a comfort level with now that Burks is gone? Um, just for the record, I think Trey Knox is a name that you know, we need to really be watching for on third down um, because I think there is a comfort level there. But I wonder, and I'm going to be interested to watch, You talk about things you watch for before the season starts, is KJ going to have a more natural comfort level with Hornsby when he's throwing to him because of the fact that they've spent the last couple of years together in the quarterback room? Um, is there going to be a level of trust there that he might not have with another guy? I don't know. Might not matter, but um, I kind of think it might, and you know we'll have to see how that develops.
2: I think that's a great point, and Tommy, you think about working closely with someone if you're just on the same team, but when you even, when you go in those small interval sessions, quarterback room like Chuck's talking about, mm-hmm. there's just a rapport and development. We since. Both of them have been on campus. We have not heard a single story come out from any news outlet, any radio show, any television network that those two don't get along. So I kind of tend to agree with you, Chuck, that just the added time they spent together could be invaluable to them as they approach this upcoming season. And we
4: all know Kendall Bryles doesn't mind a gimmick or two in the playbook. We know he doesn't mind creating a wrinkle, and Hornsby's speed seems like he's perfectly set up to be the guy... For double passes, for stuff with his speed to get him open, he seems like Chuck, the perfect guy that uh, that's going to be catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage, getting blocking from his receivers and his linemen, and, and getting you that eight or nine yards you need for a first down.
3: Well, he's 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 got to be able to catch it, and he's got to be able to hold on to it after he does. I mean, those are those are things that you've got to be able to do. And if you're able to do that, and and you know, um, I think there's a good chance he will be able to do that. If you're able to do that. Then you can utilize him in a lot of different ways, as you say. I mean, you can, you know, you can get him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. But I'm going to tell you, you put him in that slot, and there's going to be some times when uh, it's not going to be pretty for the other yeah, side. Safety.
4: He can just make guys miss, though. You know, well, he can do a lot, and and, yeah. and
3: he can run by you. I, I mean, he's he's got a lot of potential. And, and again, I don't know that all these things are going to develop with him. But I think there's a real chance that, that they might. And and um, if they do, you think about the dimension that he adds already, you know, and, and, and you put that with a multidimensional quarterback that you already have. Um, I think, um, you know, I think it gives you some potential for some big plays.
2: Is there any pushback at all on his, you know how we talk about pitch count for baseball guys? Is there already put? Did, does he have a pitch count of sorts? Like Hog Mafia is asking about him as a kickoff returner. Kendall Bryles and Coach Pittman had said positive things about Cade Ford in the offseason. Is there enough confidence that you're willing to put Malik in pretty much 24 7, play him, or does he have a pitch count, Tommy, of sorts? I don't know what you want to, or play count for football.
4: I think it's what you just said. What does Cade Ford look like in August? You know, how much trust level is there that if something happens, and we know it's the, the SEC and you're going up against grown men on the defensive line do you trust that if something happens with KJ that if he misses a week or two that Cade Fortin can you know keep you from losing a 50-50 game you got some Chuck you got some real 50-50 road games this year Probably more opportunities to win. You could make a case in conference play on the road than at home. Do you have someone you could trust to go into an Auburn or go to a Starkville or at the end of the year to a Columbia, Missouri, and win you a ball game? I think that answers the question on how loose you could be. At least in my opinion, on how loose you could be with the uh, with using Malik Hornsby and other roles.
3: Well, you're not going to decide today. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, that's what you've got. Um, August four. And hopefully it's what you've got um, September for. Um, and, you know, in a perfect world, you never get to that spot. Uh, but I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I, I, I don't know if they played today and K.J. went out on the first series. I'm going to bet it's Malik. But, um, you know, we get to week three, week four, middle of the season. You know, you don't know. But, um, again, they, you know, all this is going to be sorted out as they practice. Um Cream will rise to the top. It always does. And um, you don't want to find yourself in that spot. But I'll tell you, when your quarterback's 6'3 and 230, um, generally speaking, he's the one handing out the licks. And, you know, you knock on wood, but I I, I think K.J.'s more durable than most.
2: Yeah, he uh, he delivers the pounding like you're talking about, Chuck. And you think about some of the, the hits that, like, stand out – even Malik had one against Texas A&M last year. If you remember that game near the goal line, he absolutely pummeled some quarterback or or safety on the sidelines, if I remember that uh, uh, correctly. So those guys will absolutely deliver. And you kind of just, as you said, knock on wood that K.J. Jefferson, Tommy doesn't get injured. But we let's think about it. 2019, so he goes in a little bit to LSU, but he gets injured at some point. 2021, he gets injured against Texas A&M. Still guts it out and plays. I don't think he got injured in 2020 because he came in for Franks in that Missouri game because Felipe had the ribs, but he has had some injuries he's had to deal with since he's been on campus, which that's kind of what I point to.
3: He's just a great competitor. KJ's a competitor. If you need him to make a play in a critical moment and he's physically able to walk out on the field, he's going to fight you to get out there. We've already seen that, and and that's that's why the players respect him. If he's able to be out there, he'll be fine.
4: Yeah, man. You know, His ability to run the ball and this offense's ability, I think particularly in September, if it's anything like what we saw last year where the passing game develops over time, and it was a much different passing game in November than was September, he's going to take some licks early on. You don't have as many softer spots early on in this schedule, so... There's gonna there's gonna be some times, Ty, where uh, maybe you get him out if you have that comfort lead uh, in that comfort zone late in the ballgame just to preserve some of those hits.
2: Well, I, I think about the dimension that you're discussing, Chuck, with Malik Hornsby. If you have to when, when you think about a, a triple option or a read option, the corner or linebacker has to worry about the pitch right or the quarterback running or a quarterback throwing it. Well the dimension now is not only can KJ flip it to Malik. Malik gets it. He doesn't have to just run, guys. He can throw it, too. That's just something else that they have to think about in their back their head. Split-second decision that that's one less person that is not just 100% locked in on KJ. They have to think about that aspect as well.
3: Well, you bring him in motion. Hey, I, we saw this in the Outback Bowl. You pitch it to the tailback and, you know, Malik's in motion <laughs> behind him and you run the option off the guy that mm-hmm. uh, uh, is in motion. So I mean, there's there's lots of things you can do. Again, he's 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 got to prove that he can, you know, hang on to the football and make those plays in critical moments. And I think he's got a chance to prove that. Yeah,
4: six forty four in the morning. Rush were brought to you by Farm Credit. If you farm, there's enough to worry about already. Particularly uh, with all the drought we've had. Now we got a little bit of rain. Hey, you don't want to worry about interest rates, which went up again last week. They're on the rise. They'll continue to be there. Farm Credit's got long-term fixed rates. They can talk to you today about how you can lock in your rate for the life of your loan. No surprises in your payment, no changes in your payment for the life of the loan. Now, that's the peace of mind you need right now. Find a Farm Credit office near you at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com and set your operation up for success and rest easy with Farm Credit and Equal
2: Housing Lender. It's play ball day. You're a cards guy. They got to make a trade tomorrow. What's going to happen?
3: Well, they're going to have to do something, or everybody's going to get fired. That would be my uh, my initial take on that. I know we got a lot of Cardinal fans out there, and um, yeah, they got to do something. I mean, look, they've been telling us the same thing for ten years. They've been overvaluing their prospects for ten years, and they're not a threat to win the World Series. You know. You think about it in the National League right now, guys. We got time for me to go off on this? Yeah. All right. There's 15 teams in the National League. You got eight of them that are trying. You got eight of them that are trying. The rest of them are tanking. Six of them get into the playoffs. Six of the eight get into the playoffs. Right now, it's the Cardinals and the Phillies and the Giants that are battling for that last spot. Chances are they're going to play one game, and that's going to be it. It's going to be over. Um, you know, this is this is a proud franchise. I mean, you look at the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cardinals, probably the three most storied franchises in baseball. And for ten years, basically, you've been a you've been a playoff team, but. You've never been a threat to win the whole thing. Never been a threat to win the whole thing. Not a threat this year. And um, they got to make some moves. It's not just about getting Soto. And just for the record, I'd take Otani in a heartbeat over Soto. Because all of a sudden you got one of the best hitters in the game. And, you know, you got a starting pitcher too. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, the same old excuses – I read a good article in the Post-Dispatch yesterday. The same old tired excuses from Moselak and all those guys It's not going to work this time around. Um, they're all going to get fired if this team does not show some signs of life in the second half. And if you pay attention, they've not exactly set the world on fire out of the gate in the second half or since the All-Star break. Brewers have started playing well. I think they're three back this morning. They were four before yesterday. Um, they're going to have to make a move. Now, they're not going to be the only team that makes a move. But, you know, about 10 years ago, they turned the franchise over to guys who are money ball disciples. And, um, they are right there with a, the rest of a lot of teams in Major League Baseball right now. But when you're one of the three or four best franchises out there, you don't have to play money ball. You don't have to play money ball. That's that's for the teams like the A's were when they made that movie. They were just trying to get in. That team never won the World Series. They were just trying to get in. And you got too many teams out there, and the Cardinals are one of them, who um, are trying to see who can make the shrewdest move as opposed to, um, you know, uh, really reinvesting in the team. I'm glad they signed Goldschmidt, or got Goldschmidt, glad they got Arenado. But um, they need to make some moves and get some better players. And I'm not saying Soto puts them in the World Series. I'm not saying Otani puts them in the World Series. I'm saying the mood right now is, if this trade, line, if this trade deadline passes, and you don't make a major move, and this team's not any good in the second half. All you guys are going to get fired. Yeah.
2: Evil empires coming in there this week. I've got several morning rush listeners that have reached out to me that are making their way. Unfortunately, three. A lot of, of people are going. W- yeah, three yeah. of which are Yankees fans. How should Cardinal Nation treat these group of morning rush listeners that, in their own will, decide to root oh, for I, and the and Yankees?
3: They, Cardinal fans are good fans. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of people, and I'm one of them who, um, you know, we've lived in National League areas. I'm not a big Royals guy. I've always been a Cardinals guy. I like the Royals, I guess, but I've never been a big fan. Um, You don't see the Yankees. You know, you don't see the Yankees. And if you're old enough to remember, you know, the Cardinals and the Yankees back before interleague play, you go back to the 60s, I mean, um, you know, these were the two teams that played in the World Series. And so they're two storied franchises, and ballpark will be full. Uh, it should be full. will be full. But, um, you know, the numbers are down some this year in terms of attendance. But you got to remember, I mean, people in middle America plan their summer vacations around going to St. Louis. There's a lot of people going to spend a lot of money up there this weekend to go see the Yankees play. They've got an opportunity right now with either Soto or Otani to have the next Pujols. You know, Soto's 23 years old. Otani is the most celebrated player in the game right now. You got to keep people from all over Middle America coming to the ballpark. They played the nostalgia card this year. That's kept them coming. But um, it's time to compete for the World Series again. Time to show you're serious about it. You you brought up Pujols. What are you? What odds you put on him getting to
4: 700? So what is it? Six eighty six right now?
3: Uh probably not. Probably not. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, the thing that I think you hope for, and, and it's happened at times with him, is that you'll get clutch hits in clutch situations. He's not going to hit 300. He's not a guy that's 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 going to produce day in and day out the way he once did. But if he can drive in some clutch runs and clutch situations, but guys, I love him. I love Wainwright. I love Molina. I love Pujols they're not taking you to the World Series, guys. At 40-plus, at, at they're not taking you to the World Series. Um, you got to have more guys.
2: Yeah. So on that subject, you think about, I would say, the basketball team that most resembles is the San Antonio Spurs where they just kept aging Duncan, aging Ginobili, aging Parker. Football team, Belichick tried to flip it over. That's why him and Brady got at it. And Brady won the argument with Kraft. How is you as a general manager or as the owner, how do you go about... Kind of bringing in that new crop without the same time giving the respect for those legends in the last. Oh, decade this or was so. about
3: selling tickets this year.
0: I mean, yeah, let's yeah. be
3: honest. Um, you know, a lot of now. Look, Wainwright's been good. Wainwright's been good. Um, you know, Molina's been hurt. I'm not really sure what's going on there. He, he's been gone for six weeks. I mean, who knows. He's coming back, I guess, tomorrow night. I think I
4: saw a video. He was in Memphis yeah. on a rehab project yeah. and caught last night. What so. about
3: Grant Black, kid from Newport, Arkansas, yeah. pitching for the uh, Memphis Redbirds, having a chance to start the other night with Yachty as his catcher? What 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 a thrill that must have mm. been for him.
2: I think it's uh, any time that you can throw to one of the best catchers in the game, That not just in the past decade or so, but the maybe the history of the MLB, especially in Cardinals country, that is – that's something that's on the list for sure, Tommy. That's yeah,
4: got to be a you know one of the all time favorites right there. And I I don't know if he's going to be a red coat someday, but he's he's in that conversation of, of one of the the all time greats there. But I'm just looking at the division standings, and I hadn't looked at him in a while, Chuck. This is a bad division. I mean, you just look. Well,
3: you've only got two teams. You, exactly,
4: I mean, you've got just uh, some some. You passed the Cardinals. The Cubs are 19 games below 500 and in third in the in the Central. I mean. Right now the, the you know, 57 wins from Milwaukee wouldn't even get you into third in, in the other two divisions. Well,
3: because it's a bad division, Cardinal success is defined sometimes by the Brewers' failure
2: our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's wimbledon finals major league baseball the latest fighting news and even next season's early nfl futures head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code b-l-e-a-v that's b-l-e-a-v to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts.
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act.
3: Boy, Houdini's in the house, we're number three, and nobody's
0: home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs!
4: Kick is going to go to Johnson at the two-yard line. Dennis Johnson, one of the best
0: in the country. Here he goes, and there he goes. Dennis Johnson, foot race, he'll win it. Touchdown,
2: Arkansas. Man, that brings you back, doesn't it? little 100-and-whatever-yard kickoff
3: return from Dennis Johnson against South Carolina. You know, I will remember that kickoff return for the rest of my life, and here's why. Because it was the opening kickoff of the season, and and i got to be honest with you, You know, you're sitting there. It's the opening kickoff. All right, we'll get this game underway. You know, first game of the year. Kind of get your feet underneath you. And then he returns the opening kickoff 100 yards. And as a play-by-play guy, I mean, it's, you know, hey, here we are. I think about that every single season opener and have and always will. And um, you ask the guys in the booth, Matt Zimmerman, you mentioned his name. He does some spotting. We always talk about who's the return guy. And I'll say, so Dennis Johnson ran one back 100 yards a few years back and we weren't ready. So I think about it every single time.
4: Well, Harry Doyle once said you could always tell how the season was going to go by the first at bat. So, I mean, you you know. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes. Hot Take Mondays brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. All the best brands like Grand Design, Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, and Alliance. All at the best prices. And great service from Lee J., Chris, and their entire crew. And a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV.
2: Let's stay there for a sec. Nathan Perotti transfers out in the offseason, and he was your punt returner. I think he was back there doing kicks. They tried Greg Brooks at one point in the Texas game, muffed it, never came in again. I know they brought in Isaiah Satania. I think A.J. Green, with his speed, would be an excellent option. Chuck, who do you think's returning kicks and punts this fall?
3: I don't know. I mean, the first thing, I mean, you mentioned a couple of guys that could. Um, you know, there's um, they, uh, the Stevens kid that was from that's from Oklahoma City. They tried him some there last year. Um, you know, sometimes you try one and you know they <laughs> they don't catch it enough, and you got to put somebody else back there. But um, you know, those would be some guys that I'm sure will get some looks, and uh, there may be some others too. Um, I like AJ Green. I think he's poised to have a good year. Whether or not he's going to be in that spot, I'm not sure, but I think he's poised to have a good year.
2: They've got speed this year. We mentioned Malik Horns being the last hour. AJ Green has that track speed. Isaiah Satania coming in. Stevens Bryce Stevens who you mentioned as well. I mean, that's an element that's been missing from this football team for probably a decade or so.
4: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I know it didn't last long. I'll always go back to Corliss Marshalls, the guy that had the most speed we've seen in some time. He just didn't Ooh, get to play a lot. Man, but could he,
3: but you could remember he that kickoff return? <laughs> man.
4: Wow. But, you know, guys that can just run away from anybody and everybody have not always uh, you know been on your roster. And that would be... That'd be great to have someone that's a threat anytime they're on the field to touch the ball and can touch the ball that they could go go to the house. Well,
3: you know, this is about the punt return more than anything. I mean, if you've got a great kickoff returner, you know, he's not going to get the ball. I mean, uh, uh, kick it out. I mean, yeah, I mean you, yeah, don't, you I, don't see a lot of returns yeah. anyway anymore. I mean, it's 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 about the punt return game. You'd like to have a you'd like to have a guy who could be a breakaway threat there. I mean, that'd be great. Um, but the They're first order, to him. first order of business, is catching the ball. First order of business is catching the ball. One that does that best will be the one that's out there. Yeah,
4: they've basically taken, used the rule book to take kickoff returns
2: yeah. out of the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not to say it never happens, but it's not going to happen very often.
2: Tom, so I got a question between Chuck Barrett, Marty Houston, and Eddie in Clarksville. Who is the <laughs> most famous, either current resident or past resident, of that great town in Arkansas? Ooh.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's definitely, you know, it's Eddie. You think it's Eddie? I, well, I mean, it's no question. Chuck's a Johnson it, County man. He
2: says
3: it's. I Eddie. know, yeah. I know those people, Eddie. It's Eddie. <laughs> well, he's
2: uh, he's called in for the first time this morning. As Chuck is with us now, not just today, but hopefully I don't scare him off. But Eddie, you're on the morning rush, man. What do you uh, what do you think about the show thus far with Chuck the addition? Man, it's a great show
5: you're having this morning. And to this family, good morning to you. You know, Chuck can contest with this. I got to meet Chuck and had an opportunity to meet him a couple of years back. He can contest to this. I was invited at the uh, Chamber of Commerce meeting at the U of O by my human resource manager to meet Chuck and his close friend Phil Taylor, which why I'm calling in today. Uh, you know, there's a young man, and I know Chuck can contest to this, uh, goes to Clarksville High School, and nobody asked me to do this. I'm I know his uh, <clears throat> brother-in-law that works at the D.C. But Philip Taylor III, a young man that goes to Crossville High School, is in a battle with Kentucky stage four. Please join me and uh, and embrace his family as you embrace me when my son. I received one of the most tragic news any parent could receive. As thousands embrace me across this country in this great state. Let me say this. Please say a prayer for that young man and embrace Phil Taylor and his family as he battles stage four cancer. Uh, no matter where I go across the River Valley, uh, optimism is certainly running high. I know Chuck can contest it there. I can hear it in his voice because I know we're in for a great season. But if you'd be so gracious, I'd love to touch on one more thing this morning. There was a officer that was shot, a Johnson County son, uh, you know, in a line of duty. And what a great officer this young man is. Uh, I'll forever remember Officer Brent Scott was shot in his stomach at Johnson County. He's doing well now. Thank God for that. Uh, but I want to test on Officer Scott, if you would give me just a minute. Officer Scott, I'll forever remember as a knock at the door. He was an officer robbed arrived on the scene just about almost five years back. The news, my son, he talked his wife so tragically. And the compassion he showed me and continues to show me, uh, he's more than an officer. And to all the officers across this country, by the way, uh, hats, uh, hats off to you. A great attitude, a great tribute to appreciation uh, for what you do every day. Uh, put your life on the line. But Officer Scott, God bless you, sir for what you do and what you represent this county and represent uh, Johnson County Sheriff's Department on the job you do every day. And you're more than a hero, sir, to me, because of compassion, again, you show me and you continue to show the citizens of Johnson County, hats off to you. And with this, I'm going to leave it to we're in for a great season. Uh, I'll say this. I'm getting fired up. I know Chuck's getting fired up. Because it's going to be a great season, a season you touched on it with speed, a season of winning, and how important is leadership? when well, we got the great coach, damn, pivot, and that whistle is starting to blow. You're, you're
3: glad to be back you in Seattle uh, after hearing that, right? You know, I, I decided during that call what Eddie's true calling is he should be a professional wrestling manager. Because I mean, he can just turn it on on a dime, and um, he would be a great professional manager. And I do appreciate what he said about um, traveling evangelist tent yeah, revival. You, Phillip, uh, uh, you know, Philip and the deputy. I, <laughs> I appreciate him saying that. But yeah, he I mean, he can he he can turn it on. He can turn it on just 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 like
5: that. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage insurance and investments, from financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC
6: equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry, bluechew.com is here to save the day. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple: sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners: try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay $5 shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free
0: you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next with zero carbs
5: they just threw him out of the game
0: they just threw him out of the game He's gotten
3: his second technical, and he's been thrown out of
2: the ballgame. All right, let's get into our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. What are you excited about for fall camp this Friday? What Do you, do you want to keep calling it that? <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. That's what it's called, but... It's kind of like SEC it's gonna be 93.
4: Days. It's not going to be 103. So that's probably, uh, for Sam Pittman and those offensive linemen, that's probably pretty welcome news. But it's not going to be just blistering hot like it has been.
2: Now, Chuck, I did read a story that Joe Buck was once again getting his hair plugs procedure, as he does every year. Is that <laughs> something you've ever contemplated? No. I'm scared to get a haircut because no, no. I don't want to lose this.
3: I appreciate you bringing that up, Ty. But uh um, I can hear it in your no, voice. No, I have not had uh I have never had plugs. Um never will. I've owned the fact since I was about 30 that uh wasn't going to be there forever. <laughs> so um, you know the really and this is true. Um the best thing that happened the two guys that changed lives for bald guys were Michael Jordan and Cal Ripken Jr. And it's and 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 it's the truth. Um, so you know, for bald guys, you could begin to either completely shave it, like Michael did, or you could go with a buzz shave, the way Cal Ripken Jr. did, and that kind of changed things for bald guys. So, when they did it. I thought, well, I'm just going to own it. So
4: until that point, if you were bald, they thought you were
3: sick. Well. See also too. When you go bald in your thirties, it sucks. When you're bald in your fifties, so's all your buddies. It's not a big deal anymore. You go bald in your thirties, and I mean, there's 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 some issues there. You, you can get a little bitter, but by the time you get to be fifty, you know, and, and I'm past that, so it doesn't really matter anymore.
2: Well, I've told Arca- or I've told Tommy before. I almost think it's a rite of passage. You, Bo, Phil. I mean, uh, I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage to be on Arkansas airwaves to do that
3: let me just say this if i had as much hair as you did i'd do a lot more with it. but uh <laughs> you enjoy, you, you you enjoy the fact that you've got it now
2: <sighs> yeah. it'll go away now tommy likes to make fun of me he's like oh you look like you're uh there what'd you say widow's peak or a little receding hairline receding hairline a well little he gets bit. sensitive too I'm, about that i don't chuck. like that very much because i don't have a lot going for me chuck but i do have a decent smile and some good hair once the good hair goes away, yeah. it's only going to be one attribute I like about myself. Just
3: enjoy it while you
4: got it. Yeah. So
2: so what are we, you know, back to your, your question. Is there
4: anything we're looking forward to this week or in the next 10 days? I mean, all we're going to hear about is how great these guys look running around in practice shorts and helmets, which doesn't tell you anything about football necessarily, but you can take roll call, figure out who's there. What What is there to be excited? How much weight should you, you put into anything you hear in the next 10 days, Chuck?
3: Oh, I, you know, I, th- I think you can get an idea about maybe who's uh, who looks different than maybe they did the year before. Um, I think sometimes that can give you an indication. Not always, but I think sometimes it does. Um, you know, the one thing about this team, and I think it's the thing that, that people, you know, kind of cling to when they look and they talk optimistically about this year, is that we do know who a lot of the people are going to be. We do know, for the most part, who the frontliners are going to be out there. And that's what gives you a chance in this league. Here's the deal. In the SEC, if you go into a season saying, well, I wonder who's going to start at left tackle. I wonder who the starting middle linebacker is going to be. I wonder who the starting safety is going to be. I wonder who the two new wide receivers are going to be. Um, you're, You're not going to win many games. I mean, that's just how it works. And I think that when you look at this team this year, is, I mean, we do know who these parts are. And clearly, you're going to build depth. You've got to continue to do that. Um, but I think that, you know, when you look at this team, I'll go back to KJ and the receivers. Um, that's something that I think a lot of people are going to be watching. Um, you better put pressure on the other team's passer. Um, you're going to be tested in that area right off the bat by Cincinnati. Um, but but I do think that again, part of the reason for optimism is there are known commodities, players who've performed well, players that have gained people's confidence. and, and, and I think that's, um I think that's something they're going to play off
4: of. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting, because I, I agree, I think a lot of the battles are for the number who's going to be the number two and the depth that it creates. But I think when you look at running back, I think it's hard to definitively say who's going to be your number one running back. And it may change over the, you may have a different one, and you may be A.J. Green in one month and Rocket Sanders the next. and John, I mean, that could change around, but I think that might be as most competitive as anything, and they're all going to play, but who's going to be your number one running back?
3: I don't know who the number one guy's going to be, and I really don't know. Obviously, it's going to matter who the first guy is out there, but I don't think it's necessarily going to matter in terms of you know who's going to have an opportunity to earn more time uh, than maybe they get in the first game. I mean, you're you've you've got solid depth there. You've got game-breaking guys there, and you better have as we've seen before. I mean, you better have multiple guys. And um, again, I, I'll I'll go back to what we were talking about a minute ago. You've got known commodities there. You look at those guys back there. All of them have had a moment or two. All of them have had a play or two where you look at and go, man. That guy could be your number one guy, and that's the reason we're talking about it now. But I think all of them could be that guy. Any of them could be that guy. The, the new guy, DeBinion, D- am I saying that right? Yeah. Did you see him
4: in the spring? I mean, Clay he's, talks he's, big on He's
3: going to play. I, I mean, I think he's going to have an opportunity to play a player like that. And it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. It sounds simple, but he's got to hang on to the ball. Uh, but, but these, um, you know, they've recruited at a higher clip certainly this past year and when you recruit at a higher clip you're going to bring guys in that expect to play and he may be one of them you know and I know, I know we want
4: to talk about some of the games and the schedule and how some of that lays out i think i think you'll see those running backs i would I would think they would run it a little bit more earlier in the year till they kind of get more comfortable with some of the the timing aspects of the passing game, but do you think you'll see a little more of a, of a of a ground and pound or or, or keeping the ball out of the air earlier? Do you think they'll go right at it? I think
3: you got to go right at it. You're playing a team that was in the college football playoff last year and your season opener. And then you're playing your conference opener the next weekend. So I mean, you uh you don't have the luxury of playing, you know, directional tech that first week and Um, you know, playing somebody not very good the second week or somebody that, you know, you should beat. Um, I mean, it's, um, South Carolina is not going to be a pushover. They've got Spencer Rattler now and, um, they're an offensive minded program and they're going to be looking particularly Rattler. He's going to be looking for that to be his coming out party. So I think you've got to, I think you've got to prepare to click, uh, from the get go. And, um. Now, who that's going to be with, we'll find out. But I think you've got to be prepared to click right off the bat. Because if you don't, you've got a team coming to your place that can that can ruin your plans.
2: Chuck, a game that's kind of under the radar that typically wouldn't be if you didn't have a great schedule is the game fall in South Carolina, most State, Bobby Bleep and Petrino. What was it like to be well, kind of working alongside him?
3: He'll, he'll, now, first off, he'll have his team ready to play in this game, they're going to be overmatched in a lot of respects. But he'll have his team ready to play. Um, hey, Petrino, he, he's, um, he's an interesting guy. I, I mean, now look, let me say this. I, I've been lucky. I've had a very good relationship with every coach we've had since I started doing it. Even Chad Morris on his worst days. And, and by worst days, I mean, you know, Every day, maybe so (laughs) all of let me tell you, we did a lot of coaching shows after those games where there wasn't a whole lot said other than what we said while we were recording the show. Um, But but I've been lucky. I've 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 had good relationships with all of them. And Petrino was that way, too. Now, I can honestly tell you that. Those were the four most significant years professionally of my career. No question, not even close Um, well, he was a guy that he wanted his people around him because an idea might pop into his head or he want to know, he might want to know the answer to the question. And even though you might've sat there for four hours, he wants you there. If he's got a question about something, so he wanted his people around and I had the luxury of doing a lot of Razorback clubs with him. I got to know him. Not on a personal level, but as well as you could know someone on a professional level. And I had an opportunity to win his trust early, frankly. He gave me access to everything. I mean, he gave me access to everything. And uh, um, now he could be very difficult to work with. Um, I mean, he could be like dealing with a petulant child. But you know what? There's days I'm like dealing with a petulant child. And I hate to break it to you guys, but I'm going to bet there are days, and your wives and girlfriend can attest to this, there's probably days when you act Wait. like a petulant child too. Wait, Ty's got a girlfriend? Well, are you breaking some news here? Yeah, Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. When it happens, Ty, when it happens. Um, but my point is, is looking back on it, every time I look back on those four years, i got to admit I kind of smile. It's one of those things that, you know, you remember your parents would say to you, Ty, you better learn to work with, or you better learn to get along with people like that because you may be working for one of them someday. Oh, I definitely am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bobby Petrino's that guy. Fair enough. He's the guy that your parents told you about. And, and, um, but, you know, I can say this, and I think anyone who was there then knows exactly what I'm talking about. I will always have a very special feeling for the players that played for him and the people that worked closely around him. And I think that everybody that went through that, and there were days you went through it, um, everybody has a bond because of that. He instilled (laughs) confidence through fear. And he was not afraid for his players to bond against him and to use that as a motivational tool. He's, he's He's a different breed of cat. But um again, I'm 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 glad I did it. Hope I don't have to work with anybody like that again. But I'm glad I did it once and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Hang on, I gotta know this. And I think there's a lot
4: of people like to know this. That Auburn game where they went to Auburn and it's a tough ending and the the call at the goal line. What was it like taping that coach's show the next day? That well, that, there, that now that couldn't there, have been easy.
3: There were some things, uh <laughs> I remember that one specifically. And and um um, I think there might have been a computer thrown across the room, <laughs> if I remember right. Um, that's got to be as pissed
4: off as he was for for a series of days in his four years.
3: Well, yeah, and and uh, um, and boy, you he know, could get mad. He 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 thought the world was conspiring against him. I, I mean, he was one. Yeah. I mean, he believed that the world was conspiring against him, and um, that's kind of how he went about every day. But but look there are difficult days in every job and every boss can be a horse as you know what some days we all deal with it and um again I, i'm the quiet time i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad i went through it you'll feel this way too guy i don't want to do it again but i'm glad i did it once and uh that's 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 kind of the way i feel about that God. but those were uh um that you'll be better I for. I wouldn't it. trade it for anything. For I him. wouldn't trade it for anything, and that's the truth. And and if, and if I don't know if I'll see him, I I, I have no idea. But um um he. You don't uh, think he'll look you up. No, I don't think he will. <laughs> but he was very fair to me when he was here, and 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 I have no complaints whatsoever. Just
2: think about certain. There's certain moments from him that stand out, not necessarily on the field. 2011 LSU Arkansas. Played them great in the first half. Second half, Tyron Matthew and company kind of took over. Very end of the game, Les Miles still trying to run up the score. And you see Bobby kind of waving his finger and saying certain words. I think it was... who Tommy, helped me with the ref. Ritter? What's the... Tom Ritter? Tom Ritter. Yeah. I think Ritter was the ref in the South Carolina game. And he comes over, and him and Petrino are going at it. And Petrino goes, look our players in the bleeping eye. Like, And there, there's just certain instances that he had that at the time... You're just like, you're just almost blown away. And I'm sure you've got probably a Rolodex of stories. You've told one or two of them already. Some you can't have for real. Well,
3: nobody worked officials, and Tommy knows this. Nobody worked officials like Petrino. Other people work officials, but not like Petrino did. You know, I have to laugh because (laughs) you're talking about how he was going nose to nose with Ritter. He did that in the office. (laughs) I mean, that, that, that was nothing. So, uh, um, but again, I, I mean, those were, uh, uh, there is a bond. I will always have a special feeling for those guys that played for him. But make no mistake about it, he can flat out coach talent. Now, I'm not saying that he's, a, he's, a, he's not a real program builder. And he's not a guy that's going to go out and recruit a bunch of five stars for you. Um, but you give him talent. You better watch out because he can flat-out coach.
2: Let's, I mean, let's look at it. Tyler Wilson, Ryan Mount, that's just here. Brian Brom, Lamar Jackson, Jackson easily the most notable, of those mm-hmm. four quarterbacks that I just listed out, and the players that he had. That was such a key part of that era was just Chuck having those in-state guys like Jarius Wright, Greg Childs. General you know, he Adams. got a
3: break there mm-hmm. because I mean, you had an you had an uncommon crop of in-state talent. That that uh, um, um, I think they'd have gotten. I mean, Mallet I think was coming either way. Um, they wouldn't have had Joe Adams though uh, without Petrino. I think they'd have had the others. But uh, that was an uncommon crop of in-state players. And but now you know, um, when I think about that group of players, I mean, Jerry is right. You know, sometimes you ask whose team is it. Uh, when Bobby Petrino was here, it was Jerry's Wright's team, and at least that was always my view. And I say that with respect to Mallet and DJ and a bunch of guys. But um, I always thought Jerry's Wright set the tone for everything yeah. on that team. And uh, um, again, he could he could coach talent.
4: He just just thinking about all those guys, and you look back in hindsight, twenty twenty, but how critical it was that Jeff Long kind of pulled Bobby Petrino almost seemingly out of thin air to be your coach because think of some of the names you were hearing like Jim Grobe had come to pass and all that talent you just listed might have been wasted for for a two-, three-, four-season period? Because we didn't have the portal. We didn't – I mean, players could transfer, but it wasn't as easy back then. Um, it, it could have – I mean, the last ten years have been dark at times, but, boy, it could have been a, a lot longer period if Petrino had never been your coach. Well, the
3: thing that he had going for him there was even though the deal with Atlanta had been a disaster, he was still fresh from Louisville. It wasn't like he'd been to the NFL for five years. Mm-hmm. He was fresh out of college, and, you know, he had great numbers, and um, – you know, that's uh, he, no other way to say it. He had a better reputation then than he does now. Yeah. Hot Take Monday on the Morning Rush, brought to you by
4: Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Every new RV they sell comes with a lifetime warranty, and you get the peace of mind with their mobile service shuttle that will come to you to help keep you camping. It's all at Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale.
2: Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Chuck, you bring up reputation. I found this... Graphic, interesting official visit does a lot of things with coaches, analysts, and players. Just kind of getting their feel, their vibe of certain programs, recruiting aspects, and they they pulled a thousand high school players about the SEC. You know where Arkansas ranked of the fourteen ranked by
0: high what school players?
2: Uh, the the top SEC brands, what they considered the top brand in the conference. You know where they ranked Arkansas out of fourteen? Guys, they ranked him at thirteen. That's a thirteen, and I think about how damaging. Just talking about Chad Morris, that the end of Bielema, and really Chad Morris' entire era. I mean, you've been around Arkansas football forever. How do you? How long does it take to repair that? That type of stuff.
3: Well, let me say this: I've been around long enough where they didn't use words like brand. Um, let me just start there. Um, you know, your brand's how much you win. Pure and simple. Um, you know, your marketing department's out there on the field. And I say that with respect to, to, to people who work in. doesn't mean you can't augment what they're doing. But if they're not doing well out there, you ain't got anything to market. And uh, um, so, I mean, I, I um, um, you know, you've, you've just got to go out there and perform and win. And I think the reputation's changing. Uh, I can tell you from traveling around the SEC – uh, particularly, you know, you can find out a lot of times what they think about your football program when you travel around in basketball season. Um, and I can tell you that Arkansas standing around the league is much better than it once was. But, you know, let's not act like people don't remember. You know, we talked about Chad Morse a minute ago. Well, those weren't defining moments, but they weren't moments that you want people to remember. And Hopefully that stuff's in the rearview mirror. It certainly seems like it is. But you win games, and all that'll change. Um, you know, I think I don't think anybody that plays for Arkansas right now. Um, I don't think anybody that plays for this staff. I don't think anybody that was in Tampa on New Year's Day will tell you, "Oh, we're we're the thirteenth best brand in the league." Whatever that means. I don't know. I mean, to me, when you're picked third in the toughest division in football. Um, Hey, they, they, they can put you wherever they want in the brand rankings. Yeah. Um, let's go out to the field. Our high
4: school players are 16, 17, 18. And I, I guess their opinions are the ones you're, that matter most when it comes to recruiting. But, are, you know, brand means a lot more than just recruiting. I think you've got to narrow it down to that. But when Vanderbilt's the only team below you, I, I've got I've to question the validity when I look at some of these teams that are ahead.
3: You still sign with the individual. I mean, it's still, you may be predisposed to liking that national brand. I mean, every kid, hey, every kid wants to go play for Alabama. Every kid loved to have Nick Saban come to their living room and offer him a scholarship. But at the end of the day, most of the time, they're going to go with the guy that's established the best relationship with them, pure and simple. The one that sold the mom, the one that sold the family, the one that's convinced everyone that they'll really take care of that kid. Now, I know we're in a new era now where with some of the stars and maybe who, who has the most money. And, and, and I'm not naive, but I still believe that players more oftentimes than not sign with coaches. I think back to a moment that I did not see live at SCC
2: Media Days, but I saw a recording from a news station. Nolan Smith, who's projected to be a first-round draft pick for the Georgia Bulldogs, defensive end, number one player coming out of high school. Sam was one of the guys that recruited him. So they're there at SEC Media Days. They see each other because Georgia and Arkansas are speaking at the same time. You would have thought Nolan was hugging his father. And he, we've seen that with, with the former Georgia players that Sam has recently recruited. We saw, I saw it in Athens. You saw it in Athens. That should mean something to you as an Arkansas fan.
3: Well, players have always loved playing for him because he's genuine in the recruiting process. And then as the coach... He's exactly what he said he'd be in the recruiting process. Um, you know, we were talking one time on his show, and he said, you want to make it really hard for him to tell you no. Yeah. You know, and and that's, when you break it down, that's what he's able to do. Yeah, and and like you said, he, he is so good
4: uh, one-on-one with these guys. And sometimes he's not dynamic at the microphone in a press conference, but you get him in a living room, and it's, it's clear he can connect. And uh, that's something Sam has to his to his advantage.
3: He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to find common ground. Um, he has the knack, and those who've been around him know this. You spend fifteen minutes with him, you walk out, and you feel like you made a friend. And uh, um, he's he's got that type personality. And 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 you're right. You get him one on one. It's hard not to want to be part of what he's doing. When you compare. Tommy, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Braden's got the
2: moat around his house. He's eating the avocado ice cream. He's wearing the Uggs. Ugh. Manning's drinking Budweiser and throwing the football outside. There's a difference between that type He's of an- approach, and Sam seems to be taking more of the Budweiser approach. One's an everyman, one's not. I told Chuck I was going to put his name first, but he refused that. He said, "Nope, y'all's names are first. I'm going after that." So even with all up to more of years of experience, he still has the humble aspect.
3: <laughs> well, um, if it all goes south, I don't want to be blamed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deal.
2: I think we're we're about an hour and a half in would you grade this so far? I mean, I know what you're grade you're gonna get, but are, how are me and Tom here? We holding? Are we holding, well, you are are we holding your water? Hey,
3: I'm just glad you guys are letting me hang out with you. Oh. See, I'm so old now that I get up early, and um, people my age understand this. You get up early, you're the only one up. It's quiet. It is nice. So yes, yeah, the time you got the house to yourself and all that. But um, you know, it's, it's kind of boring, frankly. So uh, the opportunity to get up early and See your smiling face right off the bat, Ty. I (laughs) can't imagine anything better. Well, I'll say that about growing in age,
2: you two, and for all the males listening. I don't think this is a female problem. I know I've gotten older because I have to get up and pee at least once a night, sometimes two. Is that a a sign? That's already happening at 27.
4: Well, your 40s well, and 50s are going to be. Is going to a hard time, bud? Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. Well, I, I will say this. I've been told. That receding airlines is no. least oh. your worst, buddy. Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> now you pass that on to Chuck. Now and I'm
3: screwed. And then you're going to like, get up, and, you know, you're not going to be able to go back to sleep. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's what it really is. Yeah. Uh, It'll
2: be fine. Though. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's very that's very reassuring. I can just feel the confidence in your voice this oh, morning.
4: No. Insomnia is not nearly as bad as it sounds, rolling off the tongue. So you'll. Uh You'll learn to love it at some point. It's Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Lee, J and Chris have a great setup for you. You're going to love it when you get by because you get a lifetime warranty on every new RV at Wheels. So you always have that peace of mind. You don't have to worry about it with Wheels. They got great brands like Grand Design, Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, and Alliance. You'll find out quickly why they were again voted the best RV dealership in Northwest Arkansas. It's all at Wheels, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with
2: Wheels RV. So the NCAA Board of Directors has a meeting this Wednesday, and they're going to go over multiple things. One of the kind of items up for debate and if this is going to happen is the unlimited transfer rules in college football. (laughs) And The Athletic had a good piece on this, Chuck talking about that they didn't think it was going to pass. And I know – now, stop traffic for a sec. I know when an Oklahoma coach talks, Tommy, it's usually (laughs) unintelligent and you probably shouldn't listen to it. But I actually agreed – with what Brent Venables had to say. Here was Coach Venables on just kind of the roster configuration, what he has to deal with when it comes to recruiting. But I know this. There's a lot of flaws in taking a commitment, making a reservation, and then going to go doing your thing. How can
4: I manage a roster or who else I need to offer if I got nine guys committed, but they're going to Bama
0: and Georgia and LSU and A&M? How can I manage? How can I take commitments? I don't know what my numbers are i don't want a guy to commit do not commit like hey coach i'm ready to commit
4: hey buddy it, here's what commitment looks like now okay i want to make sure that you know 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 so i say will you marry me you say yes and we get married okay and then we start off on the right foot not like i dated four or five women and all of a sudden we feel in some kind of way you know is somebody gonna actually show up on november 30th now he had, he had me for about the first 30 seconds. That last 15, he, he kind of he, he lost me there. He kind of wandered off He kind of lost me there. Just a little bit. There's
1: <laughs> Chuck,
2: there's a little difference between recruiting out of high school and then transfers in college, but it
3: doesn't look like this is going to pass on Wednesday. I don't think it's going to pass, and, and I don't know how you can make that work. I mean, um, you know, you think about professional sports. There's no professional coach out there who – you know, you got a star player this year. Now, I know there are times when free agency's coming, and you don't know if you're going to have him next year, but there are guys that are under contract. There are guys you know you're going to have for X number of years. The team knows that when they sign a guy to a four-year contract, for example, that they're going to be able to build around that guy if he's a star. Um, doesn't mean they can't cut him, but generally speaking, um, there's a commitment there, and I just don't know. I mean, Venables is right. I, I don't know how you maintain your roster numbers. I, I I don't I don't know how it could be done. There there's uh, um, uh, you know we've as is always the case. No matter what we do, whether it's sports or anything else, the pendulum always swings wildly, and we are too wild. Yeah in the direction of the players right now. And I am very much pro-player. I'm very much pro-player. But um, the pendulum swung too wildly. And you can't have unlimited transfers. That is ridiculous. That is like saying in professional sports, you can leave anytime you want. I, I mean, you, unlimited free agency, no contracts, play for whoever you want next year. Um, you can't do that. No. And... and um, you know, this was fortunately, at least right now, it's a bridge too far. I don't know that it will be a year or two from now, but fortunately right now it is. You know, you go back what's it been
4: six or seven years, maybe, five, six, seven years when full cost of attendance was was applied. And that was something the late Mike Sly fought hard for. And then we fast forward, we go to transfer portal and NIL, and that was exactly where I was gonna go, is it this feels like we're, put, we're pumping the brakes on, on 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 all the rights and the rules and the freedoms as they like to label all of these decisions in favor of the players because at the end of the day, it would be mad chaos it, and certainly free agency and tampering and all of these other things that would play into to constructing your roster if this was allowed. So I'm I'm like you. I think, I think at some point they've closed the gate on how far we're going to go with this stuff.
3: Well, you can't have people, and, and look, it happens to an extent now. Mm-hmm. But you can't just give the go-ahead to other schools recruiting players off your current roster. Um, now, you know, I and this is a different subject, but I was one of those who, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, in the era of the transfer portal and all this stuff, if I was a coach, like for a basketball coach, I wouldn't even let my team go through the handshake line. I wouldn't even let them have any contact with any other coach, any other member of any other school. Because that's when the wink and the nod becomes a give me a call and all of a sudden you've lost a guy. Um, I think it's going to lead to paranoia. I think it already does lead to paranoia. But you can't have unlimited transfers. And at some point, at some point, common sense will take over. The new and all of this is going to wear off. Now, it doesn't mean all the horses are going back in the barn. I don't believe that. But I do believe we're going to have, at least I hope we're going to have, an air of common sense once the new kind of wears off on this. Because we're talking about a lot of different radical changes in a short amount of time, and there's going to be unforeseen
4: fallout. So what is the right middle ground? Where where do you land with transfer portal? Where do you land with NIL restrictions? Where do you land with all of these player Freedoms and rights that have been granted the last five years.
3: I think you need a commissioner. I think you need a, uh, I think you need a strong commissioner in college football. And, and I, I know this is going to sound so you're crazy. you're Like a czar,
0: an, overl- uh, an think, overlord over the whole thing. Yes.
3: Okay. And 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 I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think there's one person who can save college football from itself, and that's Nick Saban. I think he's the only person out there right now that can save college football from itself. And 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 like, I know this. Sounds, I know it sounds far fetched, and, and it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, if you know, you, hey Chuck, how would you how would you set it all up? He'd coach at Alabama another year or two, and then you'd make him the commissioner of college football because number one, I think he loves the game. I think he's a good steward of the game, and I think that's very important. I think those who are good stewards of their game are the people that, you know, it's people I like. I'm not saying that that, you know, is the deciding factor, but those are the kinds of people I prefer. I think Saban's a good steward of the game. And I know I'm not the first person to say this either, but um, he's a guy that um, there'd be a little fear factor uh, from the the university presidents to the chancellors to the TV executives um, all the way down the line. There'd be a little fear factor. And I think that college football, whether it's Saban or somebody else, you've got to have somebody who's got the best interest of college football, generally speaking, from a macro perspective. You've got to have somebody in that spot because right now we've got people who are protecting their interest. That's what they're paid to do, and um, and their the league's te- interest and the television executives are taking over the conference commissioners. Their charge is to do what's best for that conference. Well, all that TV money that those executives are throwing around, that's in the best interest of those conferences. you got to ask yourself at some point, though, is all this in the best interest of college football? And um, I think you need someone strong. I think you need someone who's a little bit feared. But I think more than anything, you need to have someone who is a conscientious, steward of the game, and I think that Saban or that type guy, you know, Tom Osborne's not, a, you know, he's, he's, he's not a possibility <laughs> yeah. now, but someone of that ilk.
4: Well, And Urban Meyer's too big a kook. He's, he's a, I don't, I don't he's think a Urban to, Meyer's the guy. But, but you, you just know. think about people that win. I mean, I'm just, He's eliminated himself. There, the list, I think, begins with Saban and maybe ends with Saban right now, at least, where, where the game is at. And to me, you know, college sports and the administration of it has always been set up on a vote. We'll have a committee; those committees are comprised of ads or chancellors or whoever. Um, until you get that number of the voting body down to the people that are really affected by these changes, which would be the Power Five schools or the top two thirds of the Power Five schools, I think you're it, it's going to be a futile attempt because you're going to have to get to to the understanding we already have: the haves and the have-nots. It was discussed at media days. Guys, until you get to where it's 48 or 64 or whatever schools in a new division making their own rules, I don't think you can see change that matters. Because the smaller schools are never going to vote for it because why? Back to what you said. They're protecting their interests.
3: Well, you know, ultimately, the small schools aren't going to have a say anymore. That's what I I'm mean, saying. You got to eliminate know, them yeah, from the process. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, they're not going to create a new division, and, and 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 that's going to happen. It's essentially happening. You know, it's essentially it's already happened. Yeah. If you want to get right down to it, it's just not on paper yet. But it's already happened. I, the, the idea of
4: breaking away from the NCAA, I, I just don't know that the the guys in the bow ties will actually go that far. But to me, you have multiple divisions in other sports. Why
3: can't you have another well, division in this? Sport? Again, I think a lot of the questions we're asking, um, we don't know the best answers to. Most people that comment on them don't know the best answers to, and I think you need someone who, um, uh, who is in that chair, who has that authority, who can, who's able to blend all these questions from, from, from all these different parties, and uh, just like a commissioner in professional sports. Um, you got to find a way to, you know, to hopefully grow the league, grow the sport. Um, but this idea that um, um, you know it's good for college football for forty-eight, sixty teams to rule the roost. I don't know that that's right. Now, for those of us who are consumers of big-time football. Um, doesn't really affect us. We're in the SEC. We're protected. Oklahoma's coming in. They're protected. Um, Missouri, all our border schools, they're protected. But there's a lot of places in the United States where football is a big part of their, their, their existence, but um, they're not protected now. I think there needs to be a mechanism in place where um, a lot of these schools where football is a tradition don't find themselves with nothing left. And um, you're always going to have haves and have-nots. That's just part of it in whatever walk of life you're in. But um, you've got to find a way to preserve the sport because um, all this newfound love for all these great games and happiness that the players are being compensated now, um, fans are going to grow restless. We always do. There's going to be something five years from now that we're not happy about anymore. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's just going to be a different kind of hot seat that players and coaches are on. It's just going to be a different kind of hot seat. And, um, you know, obviously the money's changed everything. And, and we all know the economy's slowing
4: down. I mean, every sign of that's out there. At, at what point does the money start to shrink a little bit where coaches' salaries can't rise to nearly $12 million with Kirby Smarts? Uh, you know, trees don't grow to the skies. the old adage says. NIL money, all of these things that it's taking now to drive the mechanics of college football and the business of it—what it will break when the money, when the money starts to shrink a little bit—and we well, know, I don't
3: know that the money's going to shrink. Well, and 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 you know, look, just I mean, rich folks are still rich. You know, I mean, I know the economy's not been great, but rich folks are still rich. And um, as long as there are rich folks out there that are interested in college football, want to go tell their rich friends. If they had a hand in this or that, there's gonna be guys that are still gonna give yeah. you that money. Because it's there. It's there. And I said the same thing when all this started, and the common sense part of my brain still tells me at some point the money's gonna run out, but there's not any well, evidence like, of that.
4: Remember when they hired Saban and they paid him four million dollars yeah. a year fifteen years ago? And, and and we thought it was crazy then and it now it was a bargain. It was a bargain. We didn't know that then, though. It was a though. bargain,
3: and 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 everybody, you know, hey, if you were to ask people at Georgia, did Kirby Smart worth twelve million dollars a year? Well, hell yeah, he's worth twelve million dollars yeah. a year. I mean, that, that's just how it is.
2: But the enrollment, we saw Alabama's enrollment skyrocket. Yeah. What do you well, want go back
3: and look at our enrollment numbers when we won the national championship? Go look and see what they were mm-hmm. as we went through the remainder of that decade. It, it's whether you like it or not whether it should be this way or not, but particularly in the South, it is the front porch for your university. Now, you know, again, it's your greatest marketing academicians pool. are going to cringe at that, and if I was an academician, I'd cringe too. But that's just the truth. That's the truth. It is the front porch to your university. And um, that's. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on who's in and who's out. In terms of who continues to play big time football, if you're not playing big time football, that's going to affect a lot more in your university than just what happens on Saturday. And I think university presidents know that.
2: When well, I've told a few youngsters that I know they're heading into their freshman year, their sophomore year, it's like, you don't know how well you have it with a football team that could hit double digit wins, a basketball team that is one of the front runners to make it Houston in the Final Four, and then a baseball team that's competitive every single year. One like that. When I was in school, unfortunately. And that's just kind of as Chuck said. they win
3: at anything while you were in school
2: other than They got the, to the College World Series in yeah. 2015. Your fault. It is yeah. my It was my Your fault, fault.
3: 100%. But. This new generation of White Claw drinking whatever it <laughs> is you do smux, on the weekends. Smucks. That's right. We, had, we,
2: we have fun on the weekends. Take advantage.
3: Right, there's an ebb and a flow to it. And you did go through a period as a student where it wasn't great. We've had periods. We're in one now. Where, you know, if you're a student, you want it to last forever. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was there that the saddest night of the year for me was the last game at Barnhill Arena. You'd make that walk up that hill. You we were sad because it was over. And uh, then there have been periods, and you were in one of them, where it's like, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, in a, you know, and it's just there's an ebb and a flow. And you should enjoy the times when it's good. Because it's not going to last that way. Or it's not going to be that way all the
2: time. I'm just happy, guys, that they didn't sell alcohol in the stadium at the time. Because I, knowing what we were about to watch yeah, yeah, on the no field. Yeah, because no one snuck it in. Yeah, yeah. Knowing, but knowing what we were about to watch in the field, it's probably good that we had that cutoff point once we once we hit that. Say, so you hold up, you snuck in alcohol and broke a rule? I would never admit you to would such never- a thing. You would never do it? You would do that? <laughs> Jeez, Statute Lee. Statute of limitations. Yeah, that, is a, that is a good point. One, one bottle. <laughs> <That's, multiple laughs> I will say the first time I've ever been boot checked was this past Saturday night. First time. And I didn't, luckily, At I didn't At the have, Peacemaker? Yeah, didn't have anything in there. We almost we almost thought about bringing a couple airline bottles. But we're like, ah, we don't need these. We'll be fine. They sell stuff there. We got boot checked. Never been boot checked before my entire life. Never heard of that even happening. Oh. Wow. Apparently, that was the you thing. You wear boots? I wear boots. He even bought him a hat. A cowboy hat. Uh. Now, Clay was expecting me to buy a $160 cowboy hat, Chuck, and that's a little too rich for my bridges, so I settled for a nice little Stetson one, and I learned a trick. It's from Daryl up in Springdale, Arkansas. I can't remember the store I bought it at, but apparently if you bend over with a cowboy hat to tie your shoe and it doesn't fall off, that's how you know it fits. I didn't know cowboys tied their shoes. Well, I'm not wearing my boots <laughs> on the weekend.
3: I saw a picture of Clay in a cowboy hat. I've never seen you in a cowboy hat, but I'm going to guess it's about this. Yeah.
2: It looks, it looks, it looks like it fits. It looks like it. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't look like I'm exactly a cowboy, country, ranch folk. But
6: you're like, oh, ball hat.
2: Okay. Now, <laughs> you ever seen a guy in a
4: cowboy hat, Chuck, drinking a peach margarita? I had one of those on Saturday. It was delicious. Yeah, not
3: in place I don't want to stay. <laughs>
2: that ain't happening in Montana. I mean, yeah. Understand. I got a buddy that actually just started <laughs> ranching up in, I can't think of the ranch called, but it's up in Montana. And I ought to ask him what that's like. Because he's a, he's a little rock he's a little rock boy a West Little Rock kid but I think he's City handling slicker. I think he's handling himself up there okay I think I can handle myself a day maybe a week but then I'd want to come home would after that. would last to lunch I would I'd be all right <laughs> I got that dog in me every once in a while Man,
3: hey, when we were kids we didn't have the luxury of going off for a year and finding ourselves in yeah. Montana
0: no No. Yeah. To go to work it's and to mow change. yards. That's right, get to to mow the yards in the yeah. get to Bud Light Next is available nationwide today. Anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent subscribe to the hit that line podcast network the best podcast in the natty state just search hit that line wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you by Breeden rv center
6: walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends